0: Welcome to Spiritual Mythbusters. I'm your host, Paul Graves, and this is the place where we always share what we value as truth and promise to always share it in love. This podcast is an outreach of Bible to Life Ministry located in Northeast Florida. So if you enjoy what you hear, visit us at BibleToLife.net. That's B-I-B-L-E-T-O-L-I-F-E.net. And click on resources to view our BTL Kingdom blog, sermons, and bookstore. Now put on your spiritual thinking caps and let's dive into another episode. Well, hello, hello, hello! I am Paul Graves, your host of Spiritual Mythbusters. Today is another exciting day, and I can guarantee you that today's episode is going to, no doubt, challenge, encourage. And inspire every listener. So, the title of today's episode is Depart From Me, I Never Knew You. All right, obviously, we're gonna talk about Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And in doing that, we're gonna be talking about Jesus when he is teaching his sermon on the Mount. And I know this is a passage of scripture that has struck fear in the hearts of many believers, it has been taught in many different ways. A lot of times it's been taught that you can lose your salvation or it's taught as a reinforcement to continue to work towards earning your salvation. It certainly has not been a passage that has been seen in a favorable light. And so that's what I want to do today. I want to shine light on this passage in a favorable manner. And we're going to do that in the way that we've done the past couple episodes so far. We're going to start with contextually understanding the actual setting of which the passage was shared. And so, first and foremost, we all know that Matthew chapter 7 deals with the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7 actually deals with the Sermon on the Mount. Here's what we want to know. Jesus was introducing new covenant realities to the Jewish people. In Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was delivering Jewish people from an old covenant mindset into new covenant realities. Now, this was a people that were prone to understand that if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. So their righteousness was based on their ability to obey the law. They did what the law said. They were righteous. They received blessings. If they did not obey the law, They were not righteous, and they did not receive blessings, but they received cursings. And so this is the understanding of the Jewish audience in which Jesus is speaking to. Now, when did this take place? Well, this was pre-cross. So this was prior to Jesus going to the cross. So Jesus was speaking to Jews that were living in a New Testament, though still obligated, as we just said, to fulfill the law of the Old Covenant. Jesus is sharing with the Jews that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. What we find Jesus doing is drawing a sharp contrast between the law and between the spirit and life. So the law, you were justified by works. But by the spirit of life or through Jesus, you are justified by grace through faith. And so even though Jesus had not yet gone to the cross, he had not yet atoned for humanity's sins becoming our atoning sacrifice, Jesus was still during his earthly ministry attempting to deliver the Jewish people from a mindset All right. He was wanting to transition them. Let's say it this way. He wants to transition them from an old covenant mindset into new covenant realities. And this is what we find all throughout Matthew chapter five, six and seven. The whole Sermon on the Mount is that very purpose, transitioning them from an old covenant mindset into new covenant realities. And the new covenant reality was that Jesus was righteousness. Jesus was the way. Jesus was the truth and Jesus was the life. So let me give you an example. Matthew chapter five, verse six says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. All right. Jesus, remember, is speaking to Jews living under an old covenant. And he is saying to these Jews, blessed are you. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be Satisfied. Now, based on their understanding, their righteousness was the result of their doing or being obedient to the law. But Jesus, he's flipping the script. He's doing something completely different. He's saying, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, 35, he tells them what he means by that. Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger and who who believes in me will never thirst and then john backs this up in john chapter 4 verse 14 where he says but whoever drinks of the water that i will give him shall never thirst but the water that i will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life so this is one of many examples where jesus is transitioning the jewish people from an old covenant mindset to a new covenant reality that he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is saying, if you hunger and thirst for me, and you receive me, you will be satisfied. And then he backs that up in Matthew 6, 35, where he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will not thirst. Now, as a side note, new covenant believers are not hungering and thirsting for righteousness. So this is not a continuum word carried from an old covenant into a new where you continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness in order to be satisfied. The truth is the moment you were born again, you were made righteous because the righteous one, the anointed king now dwells in you. So it's his righteousness that dwells in you, making you righteous. So you no longer have to work or hunger or thirst in order to be righteous or to continually be righteous because as a born again believer, The ultimate righteousness of God dwells in you. Therefore, you are ultimately righteous the very moment you were born again. All right. Hopefully that makes sense. That's just a little side note, a little tidbit of information that you may find useful. All right. Depart from me. I never knew you. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23 says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. All right. First thing I want to do is I always say that context is everything when reading the scriptures. So if you're reading a scripture that you don't fully understand or maybe a passage that doesn't make sense, sometimes we need to go backwards and sometimes read a whole chapter before in order to understand the one or two passages that we're trying to read at that particular time. So that's what I want to do. What we actually find is that this passage refers to false prophets, it's talking about wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, people who do not have a relationship with God by faith. Individuals that never had faith in Jesus. Individuals that did not have faith that he was the son of God. Individuals that did not believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, but false prophets. And, And why do I know this? Well, let's back it up. Let's not just read Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Let's back it up to Matthew 7, and let's read chapter 15. 15 says, beware of false prophets. Jesus is now shifting his teaching, and he's telling the Jews, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So Jesus is warning them about false prophets. And then he goes into 21 and says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father will enter. So this passage is not relating to all people in general. It's only relating to those who do not do the will of God. And these people, Jesus is calling false prophets. So if this passage is not for everybody, and it's only for those who are not doing the will of God, and Jesus is saying that those who are not doing the will of God are false prophets, then we have to ask the question, what is the Father's will? I think that's a legitimate question. What is the Father's will that we need to do so that Jesus will not say, depart from me, I never knew you. Let me ask this question. Is it working for redemption? Is that the will of God? Are we supposed to work for our redemption? Are we supposed to earn our redemption? Or maybe we're supposed to work harder at being more committed in an effort to continue to keep our salvation. Maybe that's what the will of the Father would be, the works of God will be. Let's do this. Let's look at Scripture. And i can show you several passages but i'm just going to show you the most common one ephesians chapter two verses eight and nine say this for by grace you have been saved through faith all right let's just stop right there if you are born again you are only born again because you have received jesus christ as your lord and savior you are only born again because by grace, the Spirit of God has quickened you on the inside, and you have answered the call. So therefore, there's nothing that you did naturally. There's nothing that you could have done to earn your salvation. But the Word of God says in Ephesians 2, 8-9, through For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So, by grace through faith, you've been saved. Salvation is a gift, verse 9, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. You see, salvation's not the result of our good works, but a gift of God to all who believe. You were not born again because of what you did, you're born again because of what He did, Jesus Christ. You're born again because of who he is. You're not born again because of who you are. And so by grace through faith, you received righteousness. By grace through faith, you received salvation, not of anything you could do, not of anything you will ever do, not of anything you could ever imagine that you need to say, but simply by the grace of God working throughout humanity, because of the atoning sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will say it again. Salvation is not the result of our good works, but a gift of God to all who believe. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32, Jesus teaches a parable to which the interpretation pertaining to the Jewish leaders is such that the kingdom of God will be taken away and given to a people who bear its fruit. And that's important. Given to a people who bear its fruit. So we need to find out what does it mean to bear fruit. If if the kingdom of God is being taken away from one and given to another because the one that it's being given to is one that bears its fruit, does that mean that they're working for God? Does that mean that they're earning the right to be in the kingdom? Tax collectors and prostitutes. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 21, 28 through 32. He says that tax collectors and prostitutes will inherit the kingdom of God before the scribes and Pharisees. In other words, tax collectors and prostitutes will inherit the kingdom of God before the Jewish leaders. Why is that? It's because of the fruit that they bear. The question is, what is the fruit of the kingdom that tax collectors and prostitutes bear? Their fruit, according to the Scripture, is faith. It's their believing. The fruit that the tax collectors and the prostitutes bore that allowed them to enter into the kingdom of God was their simple belief and faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, they beheld the Son and believed in Him. This is why the kingdom of God or the reign of God, the rule of God, the authority of God. This is why the Jewish leaders had the kingdom of God taken away. This is why Israel, the nation of Israel, had the kingdom of God taken away and given to another. Why? Because they never believed in Jesus Christ. They denied the Messiah as the son of God. They continued to profess Abraham as their father. And they rejected the Messiah who came to deliver them. So tax collectors and prostitutes inherited the kingdom of God because they did not reject the Messiah, but they embraced Jesus Christ. They beheld the Son of God and they believed in him. Look what John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40 says. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, But the will of him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raising it up on the last day. And here's verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up. On the last day, Jesus says that the will of his father is that everyone who beholds the son and believes in him will have everlasting life. Jesus says, depart from me, for I never knew you, you who practice iniquity, those who did not do the will of my father. In other words, Jesus was saying you did not behold me as the son of God. You did not believe in me as the son of God. You did not believe that I was resurrected as the eternal son of God. Jesus is saying the one who does the will of my father is the one who will enter the kingdom. So if we paraphrase, if you allow me to paraphrase Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom the kingdom of heaven but only the one who believes in the son the will of the father is to behold and to believe in the son wow the confession of the false prophets this is the confession of the false prophets look at all that we've done look at all that we've done for you, Jesus. In other words, they're trusting in their works absent of faith rather than believing in Jesus Christ as the son of God. The false prophets were trying to justify their works to get into the kingdom of God when Jesus is not requiring works. Jesus is requiring obedience, not sacrifice. Jesus is requiring faith that he is the way, the truth, and the life. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So it was the false prophets that were trying to justify their dead works to get into the kingdom of God. John six twenty 9 says this. Therefore they said to him, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Man, they asked Jesus, What shall we do to work the works of God? So even when we're talking about the works of God, what shall we do? And Jesus said the works of God are to believe in who he has sent. In other words, believe in and behold the son of god the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world man jesus response was to believe in him who he has sent so then we go back to the i never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness sometimes it's we have to listen to what jesus didn't say rather than what he did say all right so sometimes when we're when we're reading and we're talking to people, sometimes we have to hear what they're not saying in order to understand what they are saying. So with that being said, Jesus did not say, I knew you once, though now I don't know you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me. In other words, he's not saying that I knew you at one time and because you did not do the works of my father in the sense of because you did not manifest my kingdom in the way that I think that you were supposed to or because you did not earn or continue to earn your salvation, now I knew you at one time but now I no longer know you. Because you are going through a rough time in your life and you may not be as interested in the kingdom as you was at one time. I knew you, but now I do not know you. Well, because maybe you have fallen or missed the mark. Maybe you have done something you shouldn't have done. Maybe in some ways you have been disobedient to God's word. And because of that, you think you have fallen to a place where you cannot recover. No, that is not what Jesus is saying. He's not someone that gives and then takes away. That was what Job said. That's what Job thought. God gives and takes away. God does not give and take away. God gives, God gives, God gives. Everything in God is yes and amen. God is good. God is perfect. God is acceptable. He is the redeemer. He is the the deliverer. He is our healer. He is our righteousness. He is our peace upon peace. Not the peace of the world, but the peace that Jesus Christ gives. Jesus did not say, I knew you once, though now I don't know you. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He was talking to the false prophets. He was talking to the wolves in sheep's clothing. He was talking to those who have tried to enter into the kingdom another way instead of going through the door of Jesus Christ. There's only one door. That the sheep must go through, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way unto the Father but through the Son. Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 23, and he was warning them against attempting to enter into the kingdom of God by good works, that your good works are as filthy rags. And he was saying to them, But there is only one way into the Father, and that is to behold and believe in the Son. And once you behold and believe in the Son, you have been made righteous. You don't have to hunger and thirst for righteousness because he has become the righteousness within. He is the bread of life. He is the well of spring water on the inside, continually renewing and refreshing and making you whole. I hope this is making sense. The Greek word, udepute, means never. All right, so the Greek word for never When Jesus says, I never knew you, depart from me, that Greek word is undepute, and it means never at any time, never at all. In other words, never at any time or never at all did I ever know you. It does not in any way relate or mean that I knew you at one time, and because you did not do What I was expecting you to do, I now have cut you off and I never know you. But it actually means never at all, never at any time did I ever know you. Never did you do the will of my Father, is what Jesus was saying. In other words, never did you believe in me. You believed by the strength of the power of your own hand, you believed in the works in which you thought were necessary to obtain eternal life, but never did you believe in me this is what jesus was saying here's the good news if you are not a false prophet if you are not a wolf in sheep's clothing and you do the will of the father which is to behold and believe in the son you are now and forever born again As your host, Paul Graves, I want to thank you for listening to Spiritual Mythbusters. If you like what you've heard, then once again visit us at Bible to that's BibleToLife.net, that's B I B L E T O L I F E.net, and click on resources to access our BTL Kingdom blog, sermons, and bookstore. So until next week, always remember if you want to see the glory of God, then you must release God's glory.